Hello. Hi. Howdy. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to What You Read and Dude podcast. It's like a book club, but we all bring something different. We're your hosts, Jamie, Lauren, and Lisa. Masters of none, speakers on. We cover it all, except only the things we care about. True. Books, TV, podcasts, current events. You, you get, get the, the picture. picture. <laughs> <laughs> we tell you what to check out and what to skip. And we talk about deep things, too. So welcome to the party. Disclaimer, we don't know anything and you change your minds constantly. So let's get into it. Hey, everyone. <laughs> Hi. We are bringing it back to a regular BYO whatever you got episode. <laughs> Bread and butter. <laughs> your own whatever the heck. You want <laughs> because we talk about whatever we want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we are coming in hot with Jamie this week. Hi, off the presses. Oh gosh, already. Hi. Hi. <laughs> well, I have a not a. Oh my update, god! I'm already announced. I have a circle back. I have a circle back to my unfinished books. Announcement, I guess. Announcement. <laughs> I have an announcement. I, an I did research that I said I would do. Yes. yes. On so, the book. Yes. On the book, American Dirt. Dirt. So, What's the dirt on American Dirt? The dirt on American <laughs> Dirt. <laughs> I read, so basically I read two articles. We'll have them in the show notes if you guys are interested in it. One was from Vulture, and it was called Why Is Everyone Arguing About the Novel American Dirt? And the other one was from Vox, and it was called The Controversy Over the New Immigration Novel, American Dirt Explained. Cool. Yeah, if you go back to our Unfinished Books episode, which I think at this point maybe was two episodes ago, it might have been the last one. Who knows? Not me. Um, But (laughs) go read to it. I say I didn't finish it, and I was like, oh, but I want to. And then Lisa was like, oh, I've heard about this one. And I was like, wait, what? And she was like, there's (laughs) dirt on American Dirt. And I was like, what? And then... um, I'm not going to read that. (laughs) So then I was like, cool, and now I know how to finish it, and uh, yay. Yeah. Uh, Because I was... The reason I didn't finish it, because the first literally like page of the book as a whole family dies and you get to hear all about their death um mm-hmm. so i w- it was a heavy first you know th- three chapters that i read especially for like pre-sleep yeah. reading <laughs> yeah exactly so mm-hmm. to take you back this novel was written in i guess published i should say in early 2020 so two years ago mm-hmm. but there's been a lot of talk kind of late 2019 into early 2020 as this book was coming out about it which I never heard all I knew about this book was it was an Oprah book club pick because I think it came up on you know my Goodreads or my library app and I was like oh cool sounds interesting because again synopsis was not what the Mm -hmm. book was like um, very quickly the reasons people are mad are very valid but I just want to preface that it was early 2020 because some of the arguments people make for why you should read the book I personally hope that mm-hmm. they have learned since um, mm. why it's not okay. So just want to preface that. I'll, yeah, I'll talk about yeah. that later. But basically, this book was, like, out there. It was supposed to be the biggest book of the season. It hmm. got, like, the most – I don't know how publishing houses work, but it got a ton of bids, and it yeah. was, like, a really high bid. Like, all the publishing houses wanted it. They gave it a really big first run or whatever. I want to say it was, like, 500000 
this could be wrong. These are all in the articles. 500,000 copies when like normally like 200,000 is a really big first run. That doesn't mean anything to me. Maybe it's a million. <laughs> Who knows? But um, either way, it's like over way, double what they would huge. normally do. Yes. Yeah. And basically there was like a lot of quiet, not quiet murmuring about the potential issues with this book that didn't really get publicized until the book when it came out in, I think, January, February 2020, became an Oprah's book club book. And then finally, like, a lot of the voices of dissent against this book were finally, like, made public. Yeah. I'll start with, I think we touched on this in the last one, but Janie Cummins is the author, and she's white. Mm -hmm. Or has self-identified as white up until 2016. In leading out with this book, it she did continually bring up she has a Puerto Rican grandmother on one side. Mm. So she is one a Puerto Rican, right? That mm-hmm. math is accurate. Mm-hmm. No, you only have four grandparents. She's one quarter Puerto Rican. <laughs> well, I guess if her grandmother was like Puerto Rican on both sides. That's true. Then she would be She's somewhere fourth. between yeah. a quarter and an eighth yeah. Puerto Rican. She has no Mexican heritage. This book is all about, I guess I should have said that at the beginning, a mother and son in Mexico in Acapulco. Uh, mm-hmm. Acapulco. <laughs> no, that's fully fair to laugh at. Whose whole family was murdered by the cartels and they are trying to escape to find freedom in America. So it's all about this Mexican family coming to America. So to start with, at the very beginning of when we started hearing about the controversy was when, again, Oprah's Book Club selected it. Not fully, I don't know if they weren't paying attention to the controversy, didn't really understand there was controversy, what happened. But just a little note, like in Oprah's post, she said like she was raving about this book it was on her book club obviously just like a quote from her she said i feel like everyone who reads this book is actually going to be immersed in the experience of what it means to be a migrant on the run for freedom (coughs) that is not what i heard um from a lot of this criticism which is very valid so at this time early 2020 there was a big movement in the literary world called the hashtag own voices movement Mm. (laughs) pretty self-explanatory it's it's a, basically a big ongoing debate about in the literary community about who can tell what stories. Mm-hmm. You know, as a self-identifying white woman, maybe one quarter Puerto Rican, is she really the right person to be writing this novel about a Mexican right. mother and son going to freedom? Mm-hmm. Freedom, quote unquote, America, which is I'll get on in a minute. She did, the author, Janine, did in the books afterward, she wasn't, like naive to the issues of her writing this book hmm. she did call it out in the afterward she's quoted as saying i wished someone slightly browner than me would write this story oh but she decided she had a moral obligation to this to the story and to be the one to write it which is is still problematic mm-hmm. um it's yeah. still very um i don't know she clearly had very grandiose ideas about yes (laughs) yes thank you that was the word i was trying to think but the book in a way also had giant issues the book basically she wrote she said this without specifically saying it but the book was basically explicitly addressed to non-mexican readers Mm -hmm. written by a non-mexican author 
and was framed as a story to remind readers that Mexican migrants are human beings, which I can understand slightly, kind Th- of. There were I question think. marks all in your time. Um, yeah. <laughs> can I under- understand yeah. is not the right word. I There's a lot that I don't understand. So, yeah, I mean, just we're, again, in the time that we are that people know better but at the time this came out it was big because not a lot of people were taking accountability for it like oprah continued with the book club and said that she was i can't remember what it was there was going to be some some talks with the critics of the book posted on apple tv plus to talk about why the book was getting criticism as of like march 2020 that still hadn't happened i'm assuming because of covid that probably still hasn't happened cannot verify it maybe there's something on there now the publisher of the book was flat iron publishing and they were super surprised by the like negative feedback Mm -hmm. they it never once crossed their mind that it's appropriation which appropriation was a very much big subject in 2020, so that's ridiculous right. that it didn't cross their mind. Yeah, it's not like um, appropriation didn't exist or exactly. it was a topic of conversation. It was but very much they, a topic of conversation. Yeah, but maybe they didn't realize how much, like, I mean, yeah, they're, but they're why, trying to sell. You know? Yeah, they're in it for the money. They're not trying to protect. But No, no, I mean, like, but why didn't it cross their radar? And that goes to representation oh. in those decisions. Oh, God, right? oh yeah, absolutely. Definitely, you know? definitely. Um, um, and it, yeah, but it wasn't in, a priority to them. Oh no, not at because all. Because there weren't people right, in the room right, that right. would make it and a priority. And it still wasn't was after after it came out came out and after there was all this negative publicity, they had to you know let out a press release one pager apologizing quote unquote in that one pager. <laughs> they there's a it was an awful apology. One direct quote that I found that makes me very mad, which I'm hoping, again, we learned from, says, it's unfortunate that she is the recipient of hatred from within the very communities she sought to honor. We are saddened that a work of fiction that was well-intentioned has led to such vitriolic rancor. So that just makes me want to punch someone in the face. Yeah, Mm -hmm. We have had a lot of conversations in the world or the United States, I guess, since George Floyd's death about intention Mm -hmm. versus execution and how intention doesn't mean shit. Yeah. um, And it should not mean shit. That's why I stress this came out early 2020. So those conversations hadn't happened yet. That does not make what they say right. Yeah. But it just Um, puts it in context. It puts it in context that like, it's so fucked up guys. I don't, I know so fucked up and then i this is another part that just makes me mad again a lot of this makes me mad but i couldn't find there's online one of the articles said it was the publisher that announced not announced this but it was like part of the lead up to the book one said it was the publisher one said it was the author in the afterward again i've not read it so i can't confirm either way but the publisher had to apologize because they were like using the fact that her husband was an undocumented immigrant in a way to like sell the novel and make it appear like it was okay that she wrote it without mentioning that her husband was an undocumented immigrant from ireland oh my god what yeah i'm not i'm not fucking kidding this is just getting worse and worse like they like literally like use that as a way to like 
validif- not validify their arguments afterwards, but like on the lead up to it, it was like a, oh, her husband had this whole story yeah. as an undocumented immigrant in America. They're trying to like build the He's case. He's Irish. She's, yeah. Yeah. Are no, she's <sighs> she's white. There's there's no question about um, it. That's crazy. Yeah. E- I mean, even if she had a really strong connection with her grandmother who was Portuguese and had a Puerto strong Rican. Puerto, Rican. Puerto Rican, sorry, and had a strong Puerto Rican upbringing like mm-hmm. that's completely unrelated oh, to the topic still, of the story nothing to do with nothing mexico to do. and all these cases it's it, it's <clears throat> kind of beyond words you know because yes. like even you're trying to justify things that are just not related and just feel increasingly more racist the oh, the more yeah. you're trying oh, to justify it oh know? it was astonishing so again the i'm not going to finish reading this book still not going to after reading these the articles are up if you want more information here's some fun quotes that i found about the novel the book has been called stereotypical appropriative for opportunistically selfishly and parasitically telling the story this is a quote that i loved it's been described as trauma porn wearing a social justice fig leaf (laughs) which is true and there's a quote from chicana writer miriam gerba who Mm -hmm. said american dirt is a metaphor for all the things that's wrong in big lit big money pushing big turds into the hands of readers eager to gobble up pity porn (laughs) which is the most, so I mean, accurate sentence mm-hmm. I think I've heard. Yeah. yeah, and it's just really a lot of, like, fetishizing pain, fetishizing this, like, come to America and, like, America's this safe haven and utopia for migrants, which yeah. we can all agree is absolutely not true. And it, <laughs> it's like, so tone deaf, too, on its depiction of Mexican culture. Like, oh, it's just like it's problematic it's, in so yeah, many yeah. ways. Oh, it's, absolutely. And it's also dangerous because people who are like trying to be more informed, who have not done any research, may pick this up and they're like, oh, look at me. I'm trying to like learn about this culture mm-hmm. I don't know about. Yeah. And it's like none of it is accurate. Right. Absolutely. Which comes back to that topic of. Her writing this book for white readers yeah. about right. like a non-white community as like this is her way to relay this experience she right. knows nothing about to other people to inform them and it's just like why can't people learn that from people from that community like why like that exactly. white savior That's like why all... are you the one that feels that moral obligation to tell that story it's mm-hmm. well and the, you, it's not. It's not like no one's ever written this novel before. There are plenty of Mexican, Mexican-American authors right. who have written similar novels. I have a couple written yeah. down that I haven't read, but to then yeah, like that a was like recommended. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. But they're not getting the giant push from yeah, right. the no publisher house it. or the literary community is not giving them the biggest book of the year. That's why no one's read those. Well, not no one's read those books, but, but that's yeah. why like. It makes me wonder why they, like, why did they pick this book as their, like, book of the year? (laughs) Like, why? I bet they did a bunch of, I don't know, but I'm guessing they did a bunch of focus groups and they did all their surveys and stuff and they were like, okay, so, like, Mexico's a hot topic. It's a divided world right now. We got this, quote, unquote, wall that Trump wants to build and everything. That's a good point. And so they're like, oh, maybe this will, like, build empathy or be just an interesting book within 
American society and just like ignore these like blatant <laughs> realities of red yeah. flags. I mean, that's my guess. I don't know. Also, but. yeah, I think it just points to how important it is to do, like, the research of, like, like, we've we've talked about this on podcasts before. Yeah. Like, it, you don't want to have to research every author of every book that you talk about, mm-hmm. but it's clearly important. It's to very know who important. Wrote what. Well, especially because I think there's trust with the big lit and th- big publishing houses to be if they're going to put that much money and effort into pushing these books that like they've done their own due diligence, you know, and it just goes to show maybe there's some level of that, but at the end of the day, money is ruling things. These are humans making this decision who we all have our own biases and stuff. Yeah. So like we got to unfortunately do that research ourselves. Not unfortunately. It's just unfortunate that, you know, we have instances like this where it's like, yeah, man, we were kind of relying on you exactly. to do your job. Yeah. And it feels like you're falling short yeah. here. It's unfortunate that we've had to lose trust in them because they have not been. Yeah. Yeah. There's also so many independent books and authors yes, that true. are great and just are not backed by anyone. Yeah. It, yeah. Another reason to go shop independent. Yeah. Um, so in one of the articles, I can't remember which one, they brought up Ava Longoria. She had a pre-Oscars brunch way back two years ago, and she gave a statement about it. I don't know. There's some article or something with her talking about this book specifically. And so in that article, she did endorse novels that depict very similar stories to American Dirt, but are actually written by <laughs> Latinx authors. Awesome. Um, so again, I've not read these, but they're endorsed. Hopefully I'm mm-hmm. not just doing the same thing and endorsing another bad book, but I trust at this point. I don't know. Mm. If you're interested in a similar story about this, but not reading American Dirt, there's <laughs> Enrique's Journey, which is by Sonia Nazario, and The Beast by Oscar Martinez. Mm. So awesome. check those out. Awesome. Yeah. Golly. <laughs> <laughs> I had not heard about this. I feel like I was living in a hole. Apparently. I know. Yeah, I was like, what was, what was like I doing? <laughs> I can't even I think don't really back to early 2020. I don't really follow big book, though. I think I, <laughs> big book. Big book. I think I only, I heard, okay, so I had seen the Barnes & Noble's emails at the time. I think I was, yeah. like, subscribed, and it was, like, American Dirt, American hmm. Dirt. Like, every email was, like, that cover at the top, you hmm. know? And so I was like, oh, interesting. And then Call Your Girlfriend did an episode where they talked about it. And gotcha. so I'm like, oh, okay, I'll mm-hmm. get the scoop mm-hmm. from them. And that's when I learned about all that controversy. And I was like, well, nope. And I think since that point, I just was like, you know, I'm going to pass on the Barnes & Noble, like, promotions. You know, like, I I can do my own research and figure yeah. out stuff, yeah. you know. What books are- yeah, but I think that's – I think the Call Your Girlfriend – episode was my only like venture into hearing about it or whatever that's gotcha you know. big book <laughs> big book dirty big book <laughs> big money big <laughs> there's good yeah. things about them but there's also yeah that there's also I mean, really bad things at the end of the day yeah it's consumerism and it's capitalism and it's driven by money yeah when i get <laughs> i don't know i think like representation is like a oh. huge portion of that too like definitely talked about yeah, you definitely. know mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. and the lack of representation, I mean, it, it always goes all the way to the top. There's not enough representation at the publishing houses. 
at the at big book doesn't have enough representation yeah. to say like hey maybe this is a really awful idea yeah and then it just trickles down um, mm-hmm. that's that mm-hmm. and then on completely different note mm-hmm. did i have a small plug so my cousin melissa hi melissa hi, hi well i know her as melissa prunty she's now married to her husband matthew i don't know how to pronounce his last name i've never said it out loud i think it's thyson i could be wrong that doesn't matter cousins <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know she's melissa prunty sorry matt but she was recently on a podcast called the possible project by tara gundrum i believe it was episode three and on that they're talking about their son morgan matthew who passed away last year after 82 days yeah so in the womb there's goes a lot into the story but he was diagnosed with Bacteral which is a really rare syndrome that affects a lot of parts of your body so Bacteral is an acronym it's V-A-C-T-E-R-L and it stands for vertebral defects anal atresia cardiac defects tracheal esophageal fistula renal abnormalities and limb abnormalities wow so it's just like a very vague and like all-encompassing disease um Uh So in his 82 days of life, he had a lot of highs. He had a lot of lows. You can listen more to the podcast about it. But basically, the podcast itself is about how Matt and Melissa spent their 82 days with Big Mo and filled it with love, light, and hope during the most difficult times in any parent's life. And then they also go into Melissa and Matt just established the Morgan Matthew Foundation in honor of Morgan's life. So just a little bit about that. MMF is a charitable organization with a mission to raise critical funds to advance the research, care, and treatment for infants with complex medical conditions, which is a long way of saying they spent all of the 82 days um, of Morgan's life. They were at Children's Wisconsin, Mm -hmm. um, which is, or is it, I think it might be Wisconsin Children's. It's the <laughs> Children's Hospital in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. So in conjunction with them, they're helping raise these funds. So if anyone's interested, can yeah learn more about Morgan's life. Listen to that podcast. He has an Instagram, or well, they have an Instagram, morgan.matthew.fdn. And on it, they, like, while Morgan was still living, they were posting, like, updates every now and then just, you know, for the family and stuff. They still have all those posts. Nothing has been, you know, deleted or removed. So you can go back and kind of relive and learn more about what he experienced Mm -hmm. while he was alive. And then now they've turned it into more of the foundation's Instagram. They also have a website, morganmatthewfoundation.org. And then anyone in the Milwaukee area, they're having a first annual charity golf outing on Saturday, June 25th at the Wanaki Golf Course in Menominee Falls. And then all proceeds will benefit Children's Wisconsin and cutting-edge research and care they provide for infants with complex medical conditions. So if you're interested in that, more on their Instagram and website. And then even if you're not in the area, you can still support in a lot of ways. I'll make sure we can – they have a post on their Instagram. We'll share it as well and and links to everything. But you can go and learn more about how you can support that foundation and just children in general. Yeah, so – Thank you for sharing. There's that. <laughs> All right. Time to switch it up again. <laughs> now we're third switching gears. We like switching gears we're on this podcast. Tone gears. and gears. Is As it? you all have maybe heard from a previous <laughs> episode, you know, 
I need some light reads. I need <laughs> I need some romance in my life. I need a little <laughs> comedy nice. in my life. This all sounds very nice. Oh, yeah. Romance. Yes, I'm here and for this. <laughs> Easy breezy romance. For real. In <laughs> context for people, I have not read a romance book in years. No, I like, had I not either. I, I, I have not either. Like high school, maybe? I, yeah. I, you know, I have no idea. And I got in the mood for a light beach read, went to a bookstore, bought some, thought this was cool, and then found another one. <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then stumbled upon another one, an audiobook on Audible, and quickly forgot about the books and listened to this instead <laughs> and was blown away. Okay. <laughs> blown away. Blown away. <laughs> um, wow. I, <laughs> so the book is called Just Haven't Met You Yet by Sophie Cousins. Now, if you are a fan or have a parental figure who is a fan of Michael Buble you may have read that and thought am I about to get into a really cheesy Michael Buble yes, yes, cover that book first that was also my thought and so I read the reviews because I was very concerned I was like, this is not Michael Buble <laughs> romance book <laughs> did not know what I was getting myself into Spoiler alert, it's not. You're fine. Please read it. I was wondering where you were going with the parental figure <laughs> comment. Shout out to Mama Glenn, who is a big Michael Bublé oh. fan. Oh, my. So Parents are all Bublé fans. His name is really hard to say. Yeah. Oh, my God. Also, it's Bublé. hilarious. He's, like, joined up with that seltzer bubbly? company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bubbly. Oh, my God. It's incredible. It's yeah. the perfect pairing. Uh, but the reviews were, like, there were some that were, like, wow, this was amazing, great story, blah, blah, blah. And some were like, ugh, pass, like, whatever. And I'm like, oh, God, I don't yeah. I don't know. But yeah. we've talked about reviews of romance. <laughs> yeah. Like, they are all over the Real place. hot or cold. Oh, my God. Yeah, you have some, like, people who are, like, kind of elitist coming and be like, oh, who's even reading this? I'm like, um, right here. <laughs> yeah, why did you <laughs> leave reading a review? Your review. Okay. <laughs> That's a special level of hatred who's <laughs> uh, reading <laughs> so I don't remember why I clicked it but I did I, I think I listened to the sa- oh that's it you know on audible I'm like I need to hear Sample. the sample samples and so nice. the narrator so like I said the author is Sophie Cousins but the narrator is Charlotte Beaumont who is an actress I am blanking on what she's starred in off the top of my head but we'll include a link or two in the show notes but her voice is magical. Oh, my God. The, the sample was going. And I was like, wow. Yeah, I need to read this. And I proceeded to binge it and listen to the whole thing in like a matter of days. I don't even know. There are like 33 chapters in this. And I just had it going. And just the combo of the the narrator and the story itself was really lovely. It, it was exactly what I needed. I need like... Yeah, you kind of figured that maybe these two people are going to get together at the end, but you don't really know. All right. Spoiler alert, everybody. Okay. So, yeah, the... Um, we know they're going to get deep, together. You know. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you kind of know, but there is enough of a chance that it may not happen or that maybe she's not going to end up with anyone. Um, Ooh. And so it was enough that I was like, oh, intriguing. And it's not... 
overly like sickly sweet where you're just like, mm-hmm. oh God, like this woman's life is like too perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, I, there was enough where I'm like, relatable, <laughs> you know, but also a fantasy. <laughs> okay, so the main character, her name is Laura. I think she's 29 and she's working at a like a it's a website but they have some like buzzword name they call it but mm. basically like a oh my god almost like a cosmo cosmopolitan oh, okay. magazine type yeah. website and she is typically in charge of doing these videos of couples talking about how they met and so she's around love all the time and she is single of course. yeah and you know she's getting Classic. close to 30 and she's going through all these like man, am I going to find love? Do I want love? Like, I don't even know. You know, she had an ex from a couple years ago and it just wasn't a match, you know, and I think she's going through all those feelings, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I should also say both of her parents have passed away. Her father passed away when she was really little and her mother passed away two years from the beginning of the book. And so she's still kind of going through the grieving process of that. And long story short... Her, her parents have this, like, beautiful romance story about how they met. Uh, uh, this is located in England. She's living in London. But okay. their, their romance happens on this island off of the U.K. called Jersey. And so... Uh, oh, yeah. The old Jersey. The old Jersey. <laughs> the old Jersey. <laughs> what up? <laughs> um, so, so she gets... Um, she goes on a business trip to Jersey to try to relive and capture the story of her parents, their love story, how they met, how they fell in love, where they got married, blah, blah, blah. Well, I think she was kind of excited about it. Um, It's definitely bittersweet, but I think it was like a way to reconnect with them. And I think the the website, whatever, her company, they were looking for fresh stuff. They were looking for something. And I don't remember exactly how she finagled it, but her boss, who's like too much, um, is <laughs> like, yeah, sure, go on this trip. So she goes on this trip and she ends up like meeting this guy at the airport. But then like this huge box of tampons flies out of her oh. suitcase. Hell yeah. And like he's like maybe the most gorgeous man she's ever met. And they like lock eyes and then it's like, come on. box of tampons. Yeah. And so she like scurries to pick yeah, them yeah. up and like they don't end up talking or anything. And then she gets to Jersey <laughs> and it's like raining. She gets a cab and the cab drivers. Oh, and she's having like a terrible flight. Like people are telling her to smile and, you know, uh, like, don't be so sad. And she's just like, fucking men. Like, you know, <laughs> and she started reading this book a friend gave her that's called Tiger Woman. And it's all about being a feminist and like that girl boss feminism, mm-hmm. like go for what you want. People will tell you to be quiet. Don't anyway, you know. Which had some solid nuggets, you know, and some that you're like, "Mm, agree to disagree, you know. So she gets in this cab and this guy, the cab driver is like being kind of chatty. And he says something similar, just like, you know, like, don't feel so bad. Like, or it'll like, don't be sad or it'll never happen or something like that. And she like barks at him. (laughs) Um, So she finds out when she gets to the hotel that she has the wrong suitcase. Um, Oh, my God. They switched suitcases? You you nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) But you don't know that at the time. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And it's um yeah, I guess I won't give like the (laughs) I won't go chapter by chapter here. But um (laughs) basically she like goes on this excursion to try to reconnect with the person 
that has her suitcase mm-hmm. and she's uh, she's looked through the suitcase of what she has and she's what like oh my god this is the perfect man like <laughs> all these things like align perfectly i must he meet him very would you if this happened to you would you go through someone else's absolutely suitcase? i might absolutely. i don't but she like kind of goes beyond what i would do i would yeah, maybe I would open, open it. it i would open see. it and kind of like try to not like i would move too many things yeah around. Like the first layer i would be like yeah. yeah, but, yeah. but like, I'm not gonna like ruffle around, no. right? <laughs> but it takes like a day or s- two days for her to finally meet up with this person and exchange suitcases, and she ends up like wearing some of the clothes in no. it, and okay. like one that's of the un- shoes goes awful. missing. Like it's, what? That is something that I would not. Do. <laughs> yeah, it, it is a mess. Who is this person? <laughs> So she she originally does a responsible thing and goes back to the airport to try to see if that yeah. person's there and to exchange it. And the the woman is like, okay, this airport is closed. Like, you need to leave. Um, But you can leave that suitcase here, and then we'll just exchange it with that person. She's like, well, no, can I just, like, get his phone number and we can do this? And she's like, that's not how we do things. So I'm like, no one does that. And so she runs away with the suitcase. Oh, my God. And so then she and this cab driver who happened to be at the hotel when she came back. Oh, um, yes. It's like driving her around now and she's just like a crazy person. Um, <laughs> and they end up like kind of gallivanting around the island in a way. Some of it is her trying to figure out who this person is to be able to switch because she yeah. has no contact info. And I think there's like uh, his last name, like Jay LeMache is like the name on the suitcase. And she's like, okay, that's what we have, you know? And yeah. anyway, so they go on this excursion to try to find the suitcase guy while she's also trying to like do her job at the same time. And her boss is like sending her pictures of like skinny frappuccinos with like little ice to say that she's on thin ice, like just like sending all these like passive aggressive <laughs> reminders. It's like, it's crazy, but you know, she really confused by that. <laughs> I agreed. <laughs> yeah. You're a cappuccino with thin eyes. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I should say this is a really fun story. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah. So they're going on this excursion. The cab driver ends up like agreeing to kind of help her around the island because she is obviously lost. Well, and, yeah. It has no uh, things. Yeah. And so they end up like getting to know each other more. She gets to see his side of the family, learn more about him and stuff like that. And it's funny, too, because when she first meets him, she's like, this must be like some 50 year old man. And he progressively looks younger and younger every time she sees him. He's like, like a benjamin button yeah literally (laughs) she's like what is happening but like some of it is like he was really scruffy and everything but you find out he is recently he's separated it's been two years but i think recently his wife has like given him divorce papers or something like to i'm not sure she left one day and never came back and so he's in that like breakup beard mode you know just like a full hermit and he is actually helping his father get ready to go into an assisted living home so like there's poor guy yeah and there are like layers to this book you know you have the romance but then you also have her trying to navigate grieving her parents and understanding and like finding out more about their love story and how what she was told when she was younger does not equate to what actually happened Mm, um but then on top of that you also have like her trying to figure out what she 
wants and feminism and like can I be independent but still want someone there Yeah. yeah yeah exactly and so yeah more spoilers so that's fine she ends up she starts to kind of like warm up to this taxi driver because they've been spending time together uh-huh. he's not bad i'm like is this man real like i want him i'm like okay oh, you should read the book and yeah i don't know it was he's a little bit older i think he's in his late 30s but yeah he was just like this blend of like funny but serious knows how to be lighthearted but can be compassionate and is really smart but yada 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 the perfect package you know but she ends up meeting the suitcase guy and he's also wonderful he <laughs> is the the gorgeous man from the airport oh, like shit. one of the chances um <laughs> yeah and apparently he's hey. like a kitchen salesperson. so like she goes to meet what? him at his house and he has five kitchens <laughs> no, like, I, don't think, I don't think that's how being a salesman works. She, I was like, this is about to turn real weird because she's just going to find a bathroom and she stumbles upon like three different kitchens and they had started what? in a kitchen. Yeah, I guess like the house. I'm really confused by that. Yeah, what, whatever like house or mansion he was living in, I think was like a family. I think it was like it was way too much space and I think it was like a family was heirloom like a or or a quadplex? <laughs> I have no... I, well, I don't know if they're functioning kitchens or if they just outfitted like the cabinetry and stuff. Yeah. Oh, it was like a showroom. It is. Yeah. So I don't think like the plumbing and everything. Okay, but like she's just stumbling sense. upon these kitchens. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Anyway, where am I? So, okay. Does he like cooking? <laughs> yeah. So he's really wonderful too. Uh, okay. But at this point, I think she's kind of torn. Like she's really happy... And on paper, everything is lining yeah. up with this guy. But this connection and chemistry that she has mm-hmm. with the taxi driver, I think she he keeps, like, coming into her mind. And she yeah. can't really deny it. And so, you know, ultimately, she ends up with that taxi driver. But you should still read it anyway because there are a lot of twists and turns. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it, it was just really cute. It was different than what I was expecting. I ended up listening to it a second time which is not normal i'm like wow yeah and i guess i i got to lean into more of those secondary storylines that were happening you know the first time i'm like let's just get to the romance you know so i was kind of ready for some of these things to move along um but it was it was kind of nice and plus uh what's interesting too is it's not like they got together and then just like got married and everything was all like hunky dory. She was kind of looking at it as like we're happy right now and that's good and we'll just see yeah for how long we're happy, you know, and I just thought that was a really realistic Aww. ending, huh. you know. Yeah. And I honestly would like more of their relationship. I sequel? like a sequel. Yeah, I don't know if that would happen. I don't know that that's really like the norm for romances to be like Okay, remember that, like, beautiful blossoming? Okay, now here's, like, the real relationship. But I think that'd be worth it. I would read that. <laughs> I, would, I would listen. Yeah. I like these more modern romances where they're, like, the people are not 22. And oh, also, yeah. like, they don't get married at the end of the book and it's happily ever after. It's yeah. Like, yeah. We'll see what happens. We'll see. <laughs> oh, I should say, there's also a storyline about, with her job, as you can tell, but, like, the more time she spends in Jersey, the more she's coming back to herself. And 
reconnects with jewelry making, which apparently is what her mom did. And you just see her like detaching from the digital world and reconnecting with herself. And that felt really relatable too, (laughs) you know, like, yay. Good on them for not acting like this woman who has this like high power corporate job is like juggling all these things effortlessly. Like it's kudos to women who do that, you know, like no shade on that. But I think it was also really real to have her be going through questioning her job and her happiness while she's also trying to find love and understand herself yeah definitely real (laughs) that's my share go check it out no way she liked it so much she read it twice oh my god that is a first (laughs) crazy so crazy i think it's because it was an audiobook yeah well and like shout out to charlotte beaumont her voice was magical oh my (laughs) and she just did the character so well it was so cute i you got a really good job i know i I tried to look it up i was like anymore more (laughs) charlotte anyway that's that all right lauren all right switching it it up i know i don't know how much i'll be able to get through but this week i yeah like foreshadowed it talked about it before um sneak peek Sneak, no. No. <laughs> Gave a sneak peek. Um, um, anyway, to? I've, I I've, yeah, I've mentioned it on previous episodes. I read the book called Cultish by Amanda Montel. Hell yeah. Which, isn't she a podcast? Yeah. Host? Sounds like a cult is a podcast that she co-hosts with Issa Medina. Highly recommend. Yeah. I've listened to a couple episodes. It's pretty good. I actually didn't know that when I picked up this book. I just saw the cover that said Coltish and I was like, Absolutely. I need that. I am. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. So when I picked it up, I thought it was going to be more about different types of cults. It's more about the language surrounding cults and okay. like how cult leaders use that to like create community and stuff. Yeah. And it starts with. She starts kind of talking about, like, the really famous, scary kind of cults. Like, Mm -hmm. the real cults that everyone considers cults. Like, what are some Jonestown. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I'm, like, blanking on all the names. (laughs) (laughs) But Charles Manson. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The ones where, like, people ended up dying at the end. Like, the big scary ones. And then she, like relates that to more modern day quote-unquote cults that are not like big c-word cults but small c-word cults like mlms (laughs) 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 and then she goes on to talk about language surrounding like fitness cults Mm -hmm. which is interesting and then the cults of like social media Fitness cults, so like Peloton and all their <laughs> yes. like, mm-hmm. specific so cycle. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. All Orange the theory. instructors that so have So it's yeah. super CrossFit. interesting. Yeah. yeah. And then, so I was just going to quickly read. She, like, in the intro, like, gives a rundown of, like, how the book is set up. And I thought it was kind of a really good summation of the book. So okay. if this sounds interesting, you'd really enjoy this book. Okay. So she said, This book will explore the wide culture of cults and their uncanny lexicons, starting with the most famously blatantly dreadful ones and working its way to communities so seemingly innocuous we might not even notice how cultish they are. In order to keep the scope of these stories manageable, because goodness knows I could spend my whole life interviewing people about cults of all times, 
We're going to focus mainly on American cults. Each part of the book will focus on a different category of cult, all while ex exploring the cultish rhetoric that imbues our everyday lives. Part two is dedicated to the notorious suicide cults like Jonestown and Heaven's Gate. Part three explores controversial religions like Scientology and Children of God. Part four is about multi-level marketing companies, MLMs. Part five covers cult fitness studios and part six delves into social media gurus. So that's kind of what I just said, I'm, but mm -hmm. yeah, that's awesome. um, I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. So it's named cultish because it's like the language of cults, which I thought was nice. really clever. Yeah. And also like things nowadays we would consider like cultish, but they're not yeah. big C mm -hmm. cults. It's not so a big it's like, C cult. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like, like a play on words. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It was a really good book. It was pretty easy to read. I read it pretty quickly. A friend of mine listened to it on audio, which she really enjoyed. I read it okay. a physical copy, so I think either way is a good way to, to take it in. But a couple things I have written down. So she goes, like, kind of in the first part a lot about language and, like, the importance of language, which I thought was really interesting. Like, even just among nations, like, we all have our own languages. Yeah. It's, like, what defines communities and groups. And mm. then there's, like, different subgroups with, like, different lingo or different vernacular. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was really fascinating. And then she related it to how cult leaders of all kinds create like special vocabulary to create an in group and an out group. And mm. and they're just so like once you start thinking about it, there's so many examples of this. Like in mm -hmm. the architecture community, we have all this lingo that's like when you're in it, you're in it. And when you're not, you're like, oh, God, like mm -hmm. you don't know. <laughs> mm -hmm. Biology's the same. And yeah. And like everyone has that. And with actual big C cults, like, they have that too. Oh, and yeah. and that's the way that they can manipulate people to make it feel like it's us versus them kind of thing. Or, mm -hmm. like, we've got our own special language. Like, an example she gave was in Scientology, they have their own dictionary with special words that you have to learn. Hmm. And there are, like, classes for their own language. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, like, this whole idea of like if you don't know the word then like you're you haven't like ascended high enough so you need mm, to like keep mm, studying mm, so you mm, can ascend higher so it's like <laughs> doing enough work yeah it's like something like language is just so interesting and in a way like helpful to make you feel like you're a part of a community can also turn really yeah. scary and dark it's so unifying and divisive at the same time exactly yeah. um, i'll take on language <laughs> yeah <laughs> like it's so interesting i never thought about it in that way before just speech in general is can be super meaningful mm -hmm. and let's see there's a part that i thought was really interesting about how cult leaders especially the ones that focused a lot on death and then ended up like with people killing themselves mm -hmm. or like you know the crazy things that mm -hmm. happen like with jonestown and stuff it, it was talking about how like in our everyday language we have a lot of more positive euphemisms for death like passed on or yeah mm -hmm. passed away lost their life didn't make it but cult leaders would take this to another level and make death seem like you're ascending like this mm -hmm. life which i thought was really fascinating yeah it's all about just like taking it to the next level it mm -hmm. seems like with cult leaders <laughs> It's like learning the toolkit and being exactly. like, cool, that on steroids. Yeah, and, like, and they're yeah. all, like, so smart. And so, like, they know all these psychological things, and they know how to manipulate yeah. people. Mm -hmm. 
in this way. That's so that's scary. That's so, yeah, that's it's so, so scary. <laughs> As someone who doesn't know how to do that, I just, like, can't yeah. even, like, wrap my mind around h- how. Well, and it makes me think of, like, the shame and, or shade even that people throw at those who get wrapped up in cults. Oh, yeah. And, you, like, people think, like, oh, I did I wouldn't get fooled by yeah. that. I would know the signs. I would whatever. And it's like, maybe, but also like people who are very successful cult leaders have, they have honed their craft yeah. of manipulation. And, and also, it happens. yeah, they're like capitalizing on everyone's innate need for belonging and yeah. wanting to feel and like a part of a group. And, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them start like very innocuous. Like with science, I know Scientology really well because I've done a lot of random research on it. It's fascinating. Because <laughs> it's so fascinating. Yeah. But it, it like starts so innocuous and they're just like, oh, come in and take a class on personality or mm-hmm. something. Like, and then quiz. it just gets, yeah, it just gets deeper and deeper. And like the people who just are really looking for that community mm-hmm. or looking for a place to belong are like, okay, sure. Like, this is a group I can be a part of. And yeah. it's. It's really sad, but it was kind of uplifting at the end of the book. She's like, you think that writing a book on cults and doing all this research, like I would be, I would feel really like really down or pessimistic, like pessimistic about it or yeah. or like always kind of looking around the corner. Yeah. Like yeah. what like what calls that a cult? people? Yeah. yeah. And she's like yeah, it ended point. up making her feel like really one, like empathetic for people who get sucked into things like this. But then also just like understanding the language that people use and like not feeling like the world's out to get you. Like mm, <laughs> like there yeah. she gives you like some good tools. Like if you're worried about it, she's like, I mean Sure, some things, and I can talk a little bit more about this, but, like, with the more innocuous, like, culty things now, like Peloton, they're, like, they're not asking you to sell your soul to them. Like, sure, right. it's, like, that right. culty yes. vibes, but you can always walk away. Right. You like, you have to ask yourself, going, yeah. yeah, are they, like, telling you to do things right. that are going against your inner being mm. or, like, making you feel like you have to follow them or do what they're saying mm-hmm. or you can't be a part of the group or whatever yeah right. yeah like, on their <laughs> podcast each episode is a different topic yeah and at the end they rate it within these three categories <laughs> yeah. you know the li- i think it's like live your life watch your back or get the fuck out yeah you know Ooh, okay and so yeah, they like you know categories. they kind of like put it in perspective where it's like should you be really concerned about the theater kid cult or is <laughs> yeah. it fun you yeah. know or live like, your yeah. life yeah yeah and that's exactly. a great point because she she wrote the book in such a really fantastic way where there's like a really great through line between like recognizing these commonalities between like really scary cults and also really innocuous culty type things and but also realizing that there's a difference and it's there's a balance of extremes like totally (laughs) like peloton is using similar language Mm -hmm. to like make you feel like you're a part of the group or whatever and they, you know, they have really strong, powerful leaders that you, like, want to follow. And they've got, yeah. like, the social media thing going for them. But they're also, like, it's not Jonestown. Like, yeah. right. like you don't right. have to be scared that yeah, you're going to no. kill yourself. Right. Like, <laughs> it will never get that far. Yeah. <laughs> Though, I think Nexium is a nice example. Yeah, of, yes. like, that's a great example. You know, <laughs> there there could be an uh, instructor... Uh, an outlet within this organization yeah. that's well-meaning that is not. Yeah. Definitely. That's a great point. Yeah. 
Definitely. The whole book I thought was was really good. The part about MLMs was really interesting. <clears throat> I don't know a ton about MLMs, but it was just kind of interesting about how they like use language to recruit people in to their pyramid schemes and make it seem like we're like you're doing this for you and like kind of yeah. going back to yes. the boss babe thing mm-hmm. like really like you can be your own boss and you can make this money and it's all in your hands yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. there's there's a lot there like i could yeah. just go on and on but it was really interesting the mlms the financial diet has done a lot of videos on mlms i think it's high like a highly requested topic oh yeah um, they'll do videos on like warning signs or ways that Im- oh, like all these different yeah. facets yeah. um so that's cool if, if you're interested yeah, in that, yeah you know the part i thought was really interesting was about how like once you're in they make it really hard to leave because there's like shame language involved and like you shouldn't leave because you should want to do this for you mm-hmm. and, yeah like you need to- and making you feel like you're gonna lose your whole community if you leave mm-hmm. and Oh my god (laughs) think about that with workplaces like I feel like learning about cults and uh, like things that are used the language when you start to see it in other facets of life you're like huh this is not super healthy (laughs) you know like I shouldn't be afraid to leave this job you know (laughs) that's such a good point yeah and I think she even says this in the book too like like once you kind of recognize like language and how it's being used to create a certain feeling or whatever to make you feel a certain way like you kind of recognize it in other places too Mm. it was kind of (laughs) nice that's awesome yeah i think you both would really enjoy it yeah it was really good the part about social media was interesting too at the end like especially in our culture now where it seems like everyone can be their own like spiritual guru and Mm -hmm. like even on instagram it's called followers like everyone is like oh follow me or like (laughs) follow i follow this person on instagram yeah and the whole idea with influencers which is a new word only a couple years ago it is well said in a valid point yeah there's yeah there's so much more to go yeah. like she touches on QAnon a little bit at the end mm. and how they use social media when i even think of the followings that influencers like the the like staunch like the stands and like people that are so supportive of influencers that they follow to yeah. the point where they're like sending death threats and oh. hate mail to people you know oh, you're yeah. like this has gone too far That's, we need to die yeah this that reminds back, me of like know? all the youtube stuff i don't mm-hmm. i'm not a youtuber shoot i can't even remember what the drama was but i got dragged into one youtube drama Ooh. a few years ago and it was the makeup involved <gasps> yes. you probably know what i'm talking about but it was like one girl was a part of another person's crew like makeup youtube makeup crew and i don't even remember what happened is it james charles yeah what james charles versus a woman and Mm -hmm. i don't but but it reminded me of that where it's like all of these people had like everyone had a specific like i'm on james charles side or i'm on Mm -hmm. whatever her name side was and it was like you know the other person was having death threats and like people were like attacking each other if they were on the wrong side yeah. and shit. And I'm yeah. like, this is YouTube, like makeup YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, crazy. And like people were getting canceled. We're losing real yeah. money. Like, like it wow. was, I remember it n- was not now, to but... mention like the mental and psychological yeah. damage. Yeah. And then people just start dragging other people. But no, yeah, yeah, that was like a huge thing. And that was crazy. Cause I'm, I wasn't really in the beauty YouTube sphere and that 
there was an apology video or kind of like a let me call you out and say all oh, the shit you've done yes, video. Yes, that's how you that get tracked it, in. That made such a splash. It went way outside of its realm. It first Toddy Westbrook. Toddy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, hmm. but that's, yeah, and just like seeing the intense followings there. Like, I can under, it's, it would be interesting to read up on that more because influencers, it's interesting. Some definitely use that language and kind of pull on that shame and kind of make their followers pity them in a way and like oh, kind yeah. of get money that way. Absolutely. Um, but mm-hmm. then there's some influencers that I feel like people relate to a lot and respond to a lot. And then they end up having that like idol following in a way just from like, their perception of this person through mm-hmm. this curated lens mm-hmm. which to me is like it it's related it's like a different yeah it's kind of a different way but it's still that like charismatic leader up on top sure you know? yeah yeah and like the humans need to follow something like there was yeah. some stuff in there about how like in the last couple of years especially a lot of people are like walking away from religion like mm-hmm. it, we're very like especially our generation and generations below us are like kind of anti-religion but but then that's how like fitness like fitness has become a religion Instagram, like instagram has become a religion in like different ways it's like you're gonna find your community somewhere you're gonna find someone to follow yeah like not everyone will but like People want to. People want to follow someone. (laughs) People want community and, like, having that hole where, like, whether it's a religion or some other community foothold, if that's not there, something else will fill that void. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's so interesting. (gasps) (laughs) Great topic. Man. I'm going to listen to this book now. Yeah. Yeah, you should get the audio book and let me know if you like it. Hannah Montel seems awesome. So does Issa Medina. They both seem great. <laughs> they did one recently on Disney Adult, which was fun. Um, <laughs> that is funny. Solid. Um, oh, and they did one on the cult of minimalism, and they brought Ooh. on the minimalists from that documentary <gasps> yeah. on Netflix. Oh, yeah. And that was actually like a fun conversation because they – I mean, I think they kind of laugh at it in a way where they they kind of acknowledge the and they're self aware yeah. enough to kind of see what has come out of that. Sure, um, I'm sure that was not the intention. Their right, oh, right, yeah. 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 Um, oh my gosh, I actually forgot about that. The minimalist, minimalist right, right. Forgot that's like what spurred a lot of <laughs> so much. Yeah. Uh, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Anyway, well, check it well, out. Check it out. <laughs> Go to our Instagram we have a lot to of, get links. Yeah, we've got a lot of links that we'll have show up on notes. our show notes today. Mm-hmm. And uh, keep in touch. <laughs> we are not a cult. Call we me are. If you're <laughs> and rate, review, subscribe. I would not want to be a cult leader. We yes. are not a cult. No. This, yeah. None of us. <laughs> no. Well, none of us have the energy for it. Oh God, so. no. <laughs> be like, um, can you go do your own thing? Right. Yeah, I, I am introverted. You're a lot. Space, please. <laughs> I need to be alone for a while. Yeah. Please like, can go. you do your own thing? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't want to be copied. I don't want right. to like be doing what I'm doing. <laughs> this is annoying. <laughs> I am not a role model. Like, please leave. <laughs> don't do this. Don't yeah. do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. Please don't. Anyway, have a good yeah. week, everyone. See y'all Bye. later. Thanks for listening. Links from today's episode can be found in the show notes on our website, whatyoureadingdude.com. 
We'd love to hear from you. If you have anything that piqued your interest or you want to share, email us at wrdpod at gmail.com. Maybe we'll feature you on the pod. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts and also on Instagram at wrdpod. Follow us and stay up to date on future episodes. Like, leave a review, tell a friend. You get the idea. Music for this podcast was created by Kalindo. Find him on Instagram at the real Kalindo. Stay inspired and we'll see you next week.